Remember, today's podcast is brought to you by LSKD, a Brisbane-based clothing company that we believe aligns incredibly well with our brand. Yeah, their active wear is taken over as one of the highest quality outfits on the market. And as well as that, their casual wear is next to none. I personally lived in it while I was in the UK. It's smart, it's casual, and it's stylish. So what more could you want? So from active wear to casual wear, make sure you check them out. You will also re- receive 10% off at checkout by using the code REBUILD. And by using them, you are helping us grow this podcast. And everyone is a winner, including you, because you will look fantastic. Let's get into the show. I'm James Beatty. And I'm Sean Carroll. And welcome to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. Where do you want to start it? Um, we'll just say Welcome. All right, and <laughs> welcome back to the Rebuild Health and Fitness Podcast. Today is all going to be about language, I guess. Kate, you wrote this one. Yeah, because I'm allegedly the language expert, even if I can't spell caffeine. Can't spell Let caffeine. Let it go, Kate. <laughs> We're over it. You should be too. No, but um, working here and in the marketing and from my own personal journey, I've learned a lot about words we do use and don't use and phrases we say and don't say and why. So I wanted to ask you guys why you do or don't like some certain phrases that we throw around a lot. Who throws them around? You both. Well, I thought we didn't or like them, so why would we throw them around? It's a mix. It mix of ones you do like and <laughs> ones you don't like. Oh. So one you don't like, for example, one we don't use in any marketing is lose weight. Why is this phrase like not included and what do we think? Well, it paints the perception that people will come to the gym to to lose something and whereas you know as we've seen over the years it that immediately puts people on the back foot in terms of like their mindset when it comes to training when they should be focusing on all the things that they can gain from training you know and weight and fat loss are two different things but i think you know leaning in towards that sort of scarcity mindset around like oh you know i just want to lose weight and i was like well Let's table that for a moment. Let's focus on all the things that you are going to gain from this. It's a tough one because we say change your body composition mm. and that's not really what people are Googling, you know, so it's it's tough to find that balance, but I yeah. think it is. Yeah, definitely. But sometimes you just got to get them in the door to re-educate them. Because yeah, what do they really want? Yeah. Do they want to lose weight or do they want to look better? Because they're two different things. And, and let, you know, you can lose all the weight you believe that you want to because you believe you will be happier on the other side. And I can guarantee you, you will not unless you look to recomposition yourself, which means build muscle. Because so many people come in and go, I want to tone up. Right? Yeah. What, what does that mean? What does it mean? Like it. You want to build muscle and you want to lose some fat and you want to meet in the middle and have like an athletic figure. You want to be able to look in the mirror naked and go, you're a bit of all white. You're all right. You're a bit <laughs> I'd of all yeah. That's what people really want. But again, you know, Sean, yeah, Sean's hit the nail on the head there. I think that's a really positive thing. It's not about losing, coming to the gym isn't about losing something. It's everything that you can gain within that. Perfectly put. Nice. Yeah. What about junk food? We don't say junk food. Well, then you're just making something to be bad. Junk food, we all know what junk food is, if you call yeah. it what it is. We're not, it's not saying, but again, it's, it's giving people the freedom 
Again, if you're calling something junk food, then that goes into a place where people should not have it. And if people mm. believe that they shouldn't have something and then they eat something, then they will feel guilty for eating it. So junk food, whatever you want to look at it, Lord, or processed food, I guess is might be another way that you could call it instead of junk food. Processed food might be a little bit different, but I think food should just not be put into into brackets. Yeah, there's time and a place. There's a time and a place for everything. But like, you know, I guess when people do speak about junk food, they often refer to things that are like void of nutrients. But you don't just eat food for its you know, nutrients. Sometimes you're right, mate? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, food food is part of like a social experience of being a human being. So be able to sit around and enjoy the you know, enjoy a bowl of chips as you're sitting around the table talking to people. Like, that's a nice thing, you know. But yeah, I think... Junk is rubbish. Junk is rubbish. And it's not rubbish. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's so much more to food. You can't just say things are junk because junk needs to be thrown away. Unless you're a hoarder like Sean, then things might stay. But on marketplace. But I don't, I don't like the word junk food. It makes people feel bad for eating food. You should never feel bad for eating food. I guess that comes to the next one, which is healthy, unhealthy. In terms of? Food. But there is no Ooh. healthy food and there's no yeah. unhealthy unfood. There's only unhealthy diets. You know, and a diet is an accumulation of meals and foods over a long period of time. Not one food is bad for you. Not one food is good for you. Not one food is going to give you muscle. Not one food is going to make you you know way less yeah and that, that that's such a such a re, like good point around there is no unhealthy or healthy foods that the diet aspect of it is massive like a culmination if you're if your diet is made up of nutrient deplete foods like high energy low nutrients no protein no fiber then you know as a byproduct of that you're not going to be feeling or looking your best that's just the reality of the situation but if you eat you know a relatively well balanced diet with good amount of nutrients good protein and you have the occasional you know chips soda whatever you know it's there's a time and a place for it all yeah people don't need to be again it's the same point people don't need need to be made to feel bad over their food choices they will feel bad subjectively mm. anyway because of their food choices. They don't need other people to then jump on that and attack that and say you shouldn't, you should or shouldn't eat that. You have no right to say if I should or shouldn't eat anything. You know, you look at, you know, people look at like energy requirements or you look at, and I've had this in the past. I've had it with friends where they're like, what, you would eat that? Yeah. You don't understand how much energy I need to get in my body. So if you think I'm going to get that from healthy food, you know, like whole foods, let's say healthy mm. is from the ground, then you think I'm going to hit my energy requirements doing that? You're dreaming. But if the majority of my food is made up of, you know, I'm getting a fiber, I'm getting enough protein, I'm well hydrated, I've got good nutrients, not deficient in anything, then then you need, quote unquote, unhealthy foods to make me hit my energy targets. So th- is it then unhealthy or is it healthy? Because the unhealthy thing would be to not meet my energy requirements that would be unhealthier at that point. Mm. 
That's something you've talked about a lot with um, some of the pro athletes, like Lucy Dedman, you were saying yeah. about being a pro athlete, she's training like eight hours a day. So the amount of food and energy she needs to get into her body, it's like she needs that high energy food. Definitely. You can't, you can't, like people don't understand, like there is a, there's a really important place for these high energy foods that can help restore glycogen post-session. You know, you need to, if we're talking about like, say an athlete of my weight around like 80, 83, 84 kilos and I'm training multiple, two sessions a day, relatively high intensity, my NEAT's relatively high as well. You know, I'm going to be pushing like 4,000 plus calories and if you think I can get that in with just eating steak and veg, like I'm going to be so full early on in the day and it's going to sit so heavy in my gut that's going to take away from my sessions and I'm going to lose weight because I'm not getting enough energy in to meet my needs. Yeah, there's no unhealthy or healthy in the grand scheme of things. What about cheat days? Well, then you're just thinking about something you can cheat on. How do you cheat? How do you cheat on your diet? How is that? How is when did that ever become a thing? It was like the rock, right? Oh, it's definitely, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, definitely it's, it's definitely a thing. And there is a little bit of again, but this is where language is so important and things can be misconstrued, is because a cheat day for some people may be seen as a refeed day. Yeah. You know, like it you know, the rock, for example, has those huge meals. But they'll probably be just to restore glycogen, you know, to get him well fed, replenish everything he's good, and it's probably really good for his brain at that point to be able to do that because he knows every every week he gets this huge meal and it allows him to stay disciplined for the rest of the time. Plus, but, he's geared to the eyeballs. But the majority of people can't cheat on their diet. If you're cheating on something, you again you are made to feel bad about it. You can't cheat on your diet. You can cheat on a test. You can't cheat on your diet. Do you know why? Because you can't fail it. You can't fail dieting. You can't fail food. It's just food. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of the times people who end up having these these cheat days tend to maintain a negative relationship with food because they've got to mm. think like they've got to be overly restricted on the previous six days to have one day where they can essentially have a binge on whatever the hell they want. Yeah, it's disordered eating. Yeah. Whether like any and as a byproduct of that, they're probably gonna end up in the cycle for far longer because they're eating into the deficit they have created. Some some people go so far as to put them at maintenance again. So they're past. Yeah. Way past. Yeah. If you if you haven't allow a cheat day and you're allowing yourself to eat anything you want, you'll probably cause an absolute havoc for your diet. Like you will it, it can mess you and then you've like worked so hard all week and like nailed it and then this meal or this day has just thrown everything out. We see it naturally because yeah. pe- we're supposed to give, as nutritionists, we're supposed to give people diet breaks over periods of time. But guess what? Most motherfuckers do it every weekend. They have a diet break every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a lot of time we don't need to do that. No. So what's the line with, because when I did nutrition, it was like you can bank your calories, right? So if you know you have something on a weekend, you can eat 100 less a day. So you have an extra 500 for a weekend event. Is there? Yeah. Where do you think the, where's the key dif- distinguish if you're starving yourself between you, cheat day and that? Because 100 calories isn't restrictive. It's being mindful. 500 calories a day to allow for 5,000 on the weekend, that's making your week restrictive. That's restrictive eating behaviors. That's not intelligence. 
you know what I mean? That is going to lead to some sort of disordered eating. You are basically under eating for what your body's natural physiology wants so you can go and overconsume like mental on the weekend. And then we think, why aren't I getting any better? 100 calories a day to allow for even 200 calories a day to mm. allow for an extra 1,000 on a weekend. Okay, I can deal with that. But an extra 500 a day, so you can have an extra 5,000 calories or whatever, that's where we got a problem. Because now, within that week, you can't recover. You're not getting the nutrients that you need. You can't get the protein that you need because you're too worried about your calories. Then you're going to have a blowout on the weekend. And then you're going to have so much food in your system, you're going to feel like an absolute slob and you're going to feel heavy and you're going to feel mm. bloated and you're going to hold so much water and you think the world's going to end. And then the next day happens again. And... Crazily enough, most people will do that every single weekend. I wonder why they're not getting anywhere. Don't do it. Yeah. Mic drop. So now we move into training. Um, one that's recurring is like right and wrong ways of moving. We don't say right and wrong. We say optimal and suboptimal. Why? Well, there's a lot of fear associated with like, you know, especially when you're new to the gym or you've got a sort of uneducated PT or yeah, someone who just doesn't know any better. They especially let's let's talk about like deadlift for example. Everyone harps on about like a neutral maintaining a neutral spine as you deadlift, but and then they go, oh, if you don't have it, you're going to get injured. So again, it automatically paints a picture for someone who's you know may struggle with body awareness or getting to the right positions that they're going to get injured straight away from not moving optimally. But that just doesn't add up it's not the way it works like some movement that represents replicates something that looks like a deadlift is going to be better for the person than not doing a deadlift at all so that's when we like there is an optimal side to movement mechanics that's going to allow you to get the most out of the lift and just because you're moving a little bit suboptimally doesn't mean you're not going to get benefits from it they're both still optimal yeah again it's your language around saying that is not you know optimal and you can get hurt from that like Sean said it then, it's like, oh, if you do this, your your back will go. You can't say that. You can't say that because you have zero proof that that would be the case. We have members in here that deadlift with a rounded spine, with a rounded back, mm. but that have never, ever had a back injury. That's just their anatomy and physiology. That's the way that they lift. As long as it's consistent throughout that lift, is it what I would like to see? Is it the way that I would teach someone to do it? No, I would try and get everyone moving along this line, but then there is variances either way within your movements. But your language create your reality, right? So if you tell people that that's not good enough in a, mm. in a poor way or that they can be hurt from that, guess the only thing on their mind, it's not, they're not empowered at that point. They're scared of injuring themselves. That's not where people want to live. I guess it's also with, we, say, we don't say like, the right and wrong way of doing things because one thing I've struggled with is getting my knees out on a squat. I've worked a lot with the coaches and Lou, the physio, to get my knees more out. But the flip side of that is Lou's like, it's not the end of the world if your knees go in a bit. It's not wrong. Mm. It's just not what you should be aiming for. And this is the thing with coaching because everyone's anatomy, physiology, past history, injuries, they will all come into play. Not every human being is going to move the same. Humans aren't designed to move the same as each other. 
that's where coaching and individualization within a coach will be able to sort of see that that's where that matters most you know you can't compare one person to the other and want them to be identical nor need them to be identical the what we're looking for is for them to make progress yes that that's the goal at the end that everyone comes to a gym because they want to make progress do they want to come in and have the most perfect squat or do they want to have a strong squat that moves through a full range of motion for them yeah it's like seeing those videos where you know people secretly filming people who aren't moving well at the gym, it's like, oh, I hate seeing such like poor technique like that. I was like, well, maybe they've just started and they don't know how to move really well. LeBron James put a video of him squatting a couple yeah, of years ago. Yeah, roasted it. And he's doing like a quarter squat. In definition, for the majority of people, you would go, that is an awful squat. This is one of the best basketball players of all time that can slam dunk anything, probably from his knees. And you're bothered about him not getting full range of motion? Worry about yourself. Like, seriously, I think he's doing fine. Like, people just worry too much. Mm. Pow. Um, and what about, this one scares me to even say, it's like, i got to go to the gym to burn off a meal or like I've complained before when I was like, I only burnt 200 calories in that session. And James is like, never say that to me or in this gym ever again. I was like, noted. So now I'm saying it again, but it's on the podcast for context. <laughs> I always tell people this. I do, I, I do it on sign-up. I do it like on point of sale. Mm. Again, if the gym is a place where you come to manage your weight, which is what you're talking about with calories, the gym will always be a punishment for you. It's as simple as that. And again, there's two ways to look at things. Okay, so you overeat on the weekend, right? And then you feel the need to come in and burn it off. Or you overeat on the weekend, then you think, I've got all this energy to give. What can I put it into? They're two different scenarios. I would say, if anyone tells me how many calories they burned during session, I will smash their watch. I will take their watch off their fucking wrist and I will smash it on the floor and I'll tell them to get out. If you think the amount of calories you, you've burned is indicative of good training session, you are so mistaken. It's like Michael Zutali. <laughs> he was like, he doesn't even like walk into the bubbler because he doesn't want to burn calories because yeah. it would take away from his ability to produce muscle mass. <laughs> you know, that, but that is, the, if you look at yeah. the science of it, that is it. Again, what do most people want? People don't want to train to burn calories. This is the difference. Are you exercising or are you training? Exercising is that. It's getting a sweat up. It's feeling like you've worked hard. You're lying in a pool of your own sweat. You feel like you've absolutely shattered. Now you go home and rest the, the whole day because you, yeah. you burnt wonderful calories on an inaccurate device for measuring calorie burn. Or you can actually chase some metrics that actually matter, like strength and fitness and flexibility and power, and then see which one is more empowering. Because which one's more empowering to you, right? If we go back to just the weight, right? Would you rather 10 kilos added to your deadlift or would you rather lose a kilo? Which one's going to feel more empowered in that moment? There's 10 kilos. A kilo is like a wee. But this is it. But th this is it. That's huge. You've worked for something yeah. here. That kilo, you're going to look at it and go, great. Second later, it's gone. That strength is not gone. That strength is now, you have that backing you up. My fucking calories burn. Does my head in. That's I'm been a huge journey for me. Like I'm a lot, yeah, a lot of it of here and it's like reframing that thought process. And I know other people in my life, I have to catch them on it now because it's like, oh, my Fitbit says I burnt 4,000 calories so I can eat 4,000 calories. And I'm like, I don't want you to talk like that around me because I'm training my brain not look, to. Look, it is that. like, 
those fitness trackers do have a a place in the sense they are making people more aware of their activity level and their movements and movements that may produce more of more stress on them. So that's just kind of like it is a good thing in some context, but I think people just get too hung up on the wrong side of it and they think it's too important for their overall progress. People that want to burn calories, like that's like their whole goal. So they go like, oh, burn a thousand calories, mm. right? Well, let's look at what you're trying to do that for, right? Usually it's because there's a weight loss goal or some sort of body composition goal. All right, so you have such a hard session that you burn a thousand calories. Then you go home and Lay do down. fuck all because you've just burned a thousand calories. So you've got no more energy to give. All right, well, let's go to the science of energy expenditure. The gym is X amount. Your non-exercise activity is another amount. What about the other 23 hours in a day? Because I can guarantee you burn a thousand. Mm. I burn 200. I carry on moving for the rest of the day. You go and rest the rest of the day to get ready for your next calorie burn session. Who's going to have greater loss overall? Because I can guarantee it's going to be me. <laughs> it's going to be me. And your ability to to burn calories, are you talking in that moment or after the fact? Yeah. Because I can guarantee lifting weight is going to burn more over the fat because guarantee you're going to have more muscle mass, which means you're going to have a faster metabolism. Or you can just carry on just burning calories for the sake of burning calories. And we'll see in the long run who's in better shape and who's getting better results and who actually enjoys their life and enjoys training. Because I can guarantee the person chasing the calories is not. Got it, Kate? Nice. And um, one I think interesting, particularly in this gym, is we don't comment on people's bodies. So it's not even like, oh, you've lost weight or like this is something you say, just don't comment on people's bodies. Yeah, well, I don't think we have. Yeah, I don't think as human beings we have no right or say what anyone else does with their body. You know, our goal here is to get fitter, faster, stronger. If you're doing that, then your body composition will improve. I'm not against weight loss. I'm not against people improving their weight loss. But again, people use it as the sign. So they go to you, oh, you look great. You've lost weight, but now you're insinuating that losing weight is you. You are now. You are now better now. You've lost weight. You're not. You have no idea what's going on in this person's life. You have no idea about what is going on in someone's life. So you should not have a judgment on the way that that person looks. Yeah. And if you think talking about someone's body in a certain way is going to benefit the person, then you are mistaken. Just don't say anything about it. There's so many more things you can say to empower people than you've lost weight. Yeah. Or you look a certain way. Oh, you're strong. Just have a better conversation with them. You look happy. You want to look happy when you can look when you can look thin, baby. No one wants to. <laughs> I want to look sad and thin and yeah, gaunt. That's it. Look really gaunt. That's it. My appetite's been bad the last few weeks, so I've just had the same where it's um ripped and weak. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you look so good, your ribs are sticking right out. Yeah, that's it. That's awesome. That's it. Oh, your numbers have gone downloads. That's good. <laughs> so to finish, what would you say is your most Hated or loved phrase or word? I don't know. I don't know. That's a really hard one, Kate. You've, stu- you've stumped me. Ask ChatGPT. You've, you've just, we've just been through a lot and I felt a little bit passionate going through some of them. So I think they would be some of the words. I don't know. You would probably know my pet hates more than I know my pet hates. Yeah, we just went through. The, there's no unhealthy. <laughs> this is all of them. There's no unhealthy foods, only unhealthy diets. That's a big one, I think, that comes up a lot for you. That'd be your catchphrase if you're on a sitcom. <laughs> I would have get that into everyday stuff. <laughs> we get t-shirts with it. Yeah, but I don't know. But I just think language is really, really important. Like extremely yeah. important. Like I said, your words do create reality. So I do think they aren't just words a lot of the time. 
And again, I do think we have to speak to ourselves in a certain way. We can't just be attacking ourselves yeah. all the time. Yeah. Happy with that. Boom. All right. Boom. Boom. Peace.